What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. A new piece in The Nation by Vicki Law caught our attention. It's called Sterilization Survivors Who Won Reparations Now Face Another Challenge, Getting It. Between 2005 and 2013, California sterilized at least 850 people in women's prisons, either without their consent and in many cases without even their knowledge. A state program is in theory trying to locate these folks to pay them reparations. Uh, But with just a year left before the program shuts down, only about 51 women or people have received checks. We are joined this morning by Hassa Alamin, program coordinator with the California Coalition for Women Prisoners, who's been working on the sterilization reparations program for years. Good morning. Good morning, Kat. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for your work and for joining us. We are also joined by Moonlight Pulido, a survivor of forced sterilization while incarcerated at Valley State Prison in Stockton in 2005. She's received reparations funds and is now working to get access for that to other survivors. Good morning, Moonlight. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for uh, the invite. Absolutely. Thank you for accepting, Moonlight. I want to start with you. Um, If you would just walk us through your story, please. In 2005, um, I went to see uh, the doctor, and he said I had two growths that had the potential to turn into cancer. And um, I never got a second opinion, and I trusted him to be an upstanding doctor. But when I went in for the surgery, I didn't read what I was signing for because I took him at face value. He worked for the state. And so I signed the papers, and I ended up with a full hysterectomy. So after the surgery, I was like, something's wrong. I'm profusely sweating. I don't feel good. So when I went in for my dressing change, I asked the nurse, I said, excuse me, what was done to me? She looks back at the paperwork and she goes, oh, you had a full hysterectomy. And my mouth hit the floor because that's not what I signed up for. So two days passed. I'm going in to see the doctor. And um, sitting on the table and... Um, he sits in his little stool and he wheels over to me and I said, excuse me. I said, what did you do to me? And he looked at me. I said, you made a full hysterectomy? And he got up before he said anything and he walked over to the door and he closed the door so nobody could hear what he was telling me. And he sat down on, the cha- on the, his little chair, real smug, and he looked at me and he said, I'm tired of you pretty girls coming in here and you get all hot. And um, he said different words, though. And then you go home and you do the wild thing and you get pregnant again. You come back to prison and us taxpayers are forced to have to take care of your children. I was speechless. I started crying. I was hurt. I felt robbed. Um, I, I had a mix of emotions that I just could not understand. And I still deal with those today. And... Um, I question myself all the time. What made him feel so comfortable to tell me that? And I'm Native American and I'm grounded to Mother Earth. You took away a right that only creator could give me. You took away the right for me to continue to build a family. And he's 
stole the blessing from me. And for a very long time, I was just, like, pretty shut down. And um, I still I still struggle with, I can still hear his voice in my head telling me that. And um, for years and years and years, I just thought he got to play God and he got away with it. And nothing would be done. And then one day I got an email on the kiosk machine in the prison saying that um, they had uh, got reparations for the survivors. I ran down the hall to my room and I closed the door and I just started crying because I was like, finally, something's been done. But how many people have passed? How many people have paroled? How many people don't know that, you know, they can be compensated? Mm. And so even though I'm home, I'm still trying, because I remember who was in the prison with me. And so I've been doing my own little research, trying to reach out to certain people on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, asking them, hey, did, did you ever get to see that doctor? And did something happen? You know, so I'm, I'm trying to do my own little footwork out here, trying to find more people that had that same trauma happen to them. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Um, it it does fall right in line with how the state has treated indigenous black brown bodies since they yeah. colonized. Um, mm-hmm. How what was the doctor's name? His name was Doctor Heinrich. That's what I thought. So. Um, for my listeners, Dr. Heinrich performed um, more than 400 of the 850 probably plus sterilizations um, that happened in California prisons. And in 2013, in an interview with Reveal, he said, quote, in welfare paying for these unwanted children as they procreated more, end quote. Um, how old were you? Moonlight in 2005, if you don't mind me asking. And did you have children? I, I did have children. And um, I was like 40, 41. Uh, I was young still. You were, because, yeah. I mean, he, did, he didn't know if I was going to get out. He didn't know if I had a date and if I wanted to go home and have more children. Right. Did you? But that was, um, did you want to have more children? I wouldn't mind having one more. Yeah. Um, I have seven children now, but I'm Native American, and I wanted my own little tribe. <laughs> right, of course. You know? Hafsa, I want to uh, turn to you. Um, why the reparations demand? I mean, I, I get why, but I'd like to hear you talk about, you know, y'all's mission and messaging. Um, and how long did it take for the state to finally say, okay. Well, uh, as we know, California, California is a, originally a eugenics state, uh, so this was legal for many years, about 70 years. It was legal in the state of California to sterilize people who were considered um, incapable of raising children. 
people in state hospitals, other institutions, juvenile institutions. And when the state actually outlawed it in 79, of course, that didn't reach to the folks in prison because, as we know, prisoners are considered people with no rights. So they had no rights. Um, California Coalition for Women Prisoners was actually established uh, by folks inside, a woman inside, Sharice Shoemate, along with other prisoners and advocates on the outside who were trying to fight against the horrendous medical conditions, physical conditions, just general conditions of confinement inside. Um, So this kind of fell into our lap uh, several years ago. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Center, excuse me, California Latinas for Reproductive Justice and DREDIS, Disability Rights and Education Fund, and CCWP, California Coalition for Women Prisoners, kind of came together to further push legislation that had already begun but didn't include prisoners. So here we are now. It's been four years. I think uh, it's always reached a place where our bill (laughs) was almost passed. Uh, But the fourth time around, we decided to make it a budget ask. Uh, Wendy Carrillo uh, was the author. And actually, most of the legislators that we had been uh, meeting with over the years were quite supportive. For the most part, it was always a budget issue. And so we finally got the budget passed. It was included in uh, the 2021 budget. And those monies were made available to us or to the women um, or people inside prisons. In addition to uh, folks who had been in other state institutions as far back as 1909. So we uh, look at the number 800 and more women or people inside women's prisons. Uh, who've been sterilized, but there are many, many more people. Um, And so this is, I don't know, one of those things that that you figure, if it's so horrendous, why was it allowed to continue for so long? And all I can say is California's prison system is violent against women. Um, Was that helpful? (laughs) It was very helpful. Thank you. Um, we've got just about four minutes left. I want to get into the success and or failures of the forced or involuntary mm-hmm. sterilization compensation program. How successful or not has it been? Um, and, and what is the denial rate? Uh, and on what basis are folks, some folks being denied? Very interesting. Um, so we do get stats from uh, Victim Compensation Board, and that's who's administering the program, um, maybe 320 women or people have applied out of those 320, 51 have been approved. And out of those 51, 48 were incarcerated people. So there are still many more people out there who don't know. Um, we've had difficulty um, advising the public. We're hoping uh, the state is going to continue doing that. Um, we're not sure how these applications are being reviewed. There's a, there's a lot. It's very multi-layered because it's not just people who were uh, forcibly sterilized, but there's coercion also, and that's written into um, the bill and the budget. And so how do you show or prove coercion on paper when you have medical staff writing medical notes? And then 
that occurred more than 10 years ago, the prison doesn't even have a copy of the record. So there, it, it's very layered. Uh, we have attorneys that we're trying to um, make available to people who want to appeal their denials. And hopefully there will be other remedies down the line. But we're right now we're at the end of the first year. Uh, we have one more year to go. Um, Senator Carrillo suggested extending the program because it's again it's been yeah year and there's, there's been barely any outreach and so it's um, but anyone who knows anyone is really encouraged to contact CCWP uh, info at womenprisoners.org or you can call four one five two five five seven zero three six extension three one four. For more information, there's a lot, and we could really use the assistance, particularly uh, from um, other medical advocates um, and attorneys. Okay, we will uh, include everything you just said in the archive of this show. I want to—I've got to leave it there, um, but we will continue to follow um, and and have you on as things move, shift, and evolve. Um, Thank you both very much. I hope you have great days. We've been speaking to Hafsa Alamin, program coordinator with the California Coalition for Women Prisoners, who's been working on the sterilization reparations program for years. We also were in conversation with Moonlight Polito, a survivor of forced sterilization while incarcerated at Valley State Prison in Stockton in 2005. She has received reparations funds and is now working to get access to, to those funds for other survivors. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.